Is Shamar James the next big thing at Florida Gators linebacker? I think so. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. Find me on threads at Lockdown Gators because we're, we're doing that now. But joining me now is Brandon Carroll, and we got a lot to talk about the Florida Gators. Joining me now for Lockdown Gators is Brandon Carroll from All Gators. And Brandon, you know the deal. You're here every Friday now. We are shifting a little bit away. I feel like we've been talking recruiting a lot lately. Now we're talking about players who are actually on the roster and have been here for a little bit now. We're starting with Shamar James because I feel like I remember his recruitment. I, I was sitting here and I was recording a show as he was committing. And I started the show thinking, oh, his commitment is scheduled for this time. So I'm going to start my show and I'll have a live reaction for whenever he commits to Florida or not. Third segment is when he finally got to the commitment. And I was like, this was just, this was horribly planned out. That's on me, of course. But Anyway, uh, he is a Florida Gator. He's stepping into a, an expanded role this year. How do you feel about Shamar kind of stepping into what we assume is the Amari Bernie role in 2023? Yeah, he's stepping into that number one weak side linebacker role, also known as the Will, uh, this year. It's really more of who's going to be his partner in crime at the mic. Um, you know, obviously they have Derek Wingo and Taraja Mitchell there. Uh, so that'll be really the storyline going into uh, fall camp before the season starts, but Shamar is locked into his number one will spot. He is the starter going into this season, uh, all freshman team uh, kind of appearance last season. He was one of the better players on a up and down Florida defense to put it lightly um, more down than up. So there is a lot of angst and excitement for Shamar James going into this role this year. Um, He was so consistent last season in terms of just being able to kind of play that steady role from the backup spot to Amari Bernie. Um, started in four games, only missed three tackles throughout the entire season for a team that missed 10 per game last year. And so he was one of the surefire tacklers on this team. So we're going to see that going into next season. Can he continue to do that? And that's the biggest question mark for him um, is if he can continue to do that, he's going to be one of the best players on this defense, if not the best. Um, next season I think he fits perfectly into the will role you can kind of let him roam a little bit he's uh, one of the faster players on the defense really can uh, his pursuit of the ball is is spectacular I think that was really one thing that when they were recruiting him uh, especially since they had to do it so quickly with him being in the 2022 class with the new staff turning over obviously there was the pre-existing relationship with Christian Robinson who was able to pull him in as in his final hours on the job at Florida but there was so much that went into it, but his pursuit of the ball was something that Florida looked at and said, we need this in the second level. We need this guy to be the future of our defense, the face of our defense. And now you have Austin Armstrong coming into the mix, someone who likes to play with that aggressive type. 
and you're going to be able to really let Shamar James loose on opposing ball carriers, quarterbacks, etc. And that's going to be some fun defense to watch. Yeah, you mentioned like Christian Robinson got got to do it, and it just reminded me that you know Shamar committed, decommitted, committed again. And uh, I remember I reached out to him after he decommitted and basically, and I, I apologize if, if he didn't want me to say this, but it was just like, I do not want to play in that defense when it was still Todd Grantham. He was like, I, I don't want to do it. Um, can't blame him because, well, he's Todd Grantham's not calling plays for any defense now. Uh, good luck, New Orleans. But um, <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before where I think Shamar James is just a fantastic fit for this Austin Armstrong defense and everybody that's watched this show knows I still hold nothing. I, I, I like hold no ill will against Patrick Tony. I still think he's a great defensive mind. It just didn't work out and didn't stay long enough here, but j- just how great of a fit is he? Because you mentioned his pursuit of the ball, his speed, he gets to rush the passer a hell of a lot more now than he would have been able to do under Patrick Tony previously. Yeah, I think it really just taps into his ability to be a game changer on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, like I said, he was steady last season, uh, only three missed tackles, uh, as I previously mentioned, which is for a freshman coming into the SEC, uh, really playing right off the bat. He he had like 30-some snaps against Utah. So it wasn't like he had that slow acclimation into the, into the unit. They knew that he was going to play immediately, and that he kind of learned that really quickly into his um, his – tenure at UF he was going to see the field early and often and when he got in he excelled and he was that steady piece that they needed but now you get to go and not only have him be steady but you also get to have him be that game changer that you want your will linebacker to be because a good will linebacker can really make or break a defense it's it's something that we've seen in college football for the past few years as you look at those Georgia teams with those really I mean elite defenses they have had a very, very good Will linebacker, arguably a great Will linebacker uh, from you know just being able to get to the ball as quickly as possible and then make a play on the ball. You saw uh, Shamar James be able to do that towards the end of last season, had the forced fumble against Florida State, um, had a fumble recovery at some point last season. So just little things like that that you're really going to be able to see him do, um, just being able to have that full head of steam running at ball carriers, whether it be on a blitz, simulated pressures, uh, any of the above, and then obviously getting after the passer, something that he did in high school so so well. That that's something that Florida's linebackers have done uh, a lot. You know, dating back to the last regime, they wanted they a lot of times would take edges and make them linebackers. And while that wasn't necessarily um, a, a you know able to mold as they wanted it to, it's something that you can kind of fall back on now. You have Shamar James being able to rush the passer. You have Scooby Williams being able to tap back into that aspect of his game so just little things like that really make this defense conducive for these uber talented and multifaceted skill sets that are at linebacker for florida especially at the will spot yeah um i i just i i'm so excited for what shamar can be like there's just no other way to talk about just like i think he's gonna be you know the next great florida gators linebacker hopefully so he definitely has the makings to do so that's for sure yeah, he's going to be – I'm, like, kind of already, like, all right, so 2024 is his last year, and then he's gone. That's great. That's fine. Um, I'm just bracing myself for that one already. But yeah. 
kind of in front of him, closer to the line of scrimmage. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I'm just telling you now, Wimbledon, Ben Shelton, first win at Wimbledon. It was amazing. I did bet on him. He was favored. He was a, he was a pretty heavy favorite. It was like, he was plus two. I think he was minus 240. Um, I don't care. I bet on him every single match. And hey, it's worked more often than not so far. So I'm happy with it. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Is another 2022 kid who ended up playing, I think, more than a lot of people thought he would. Ended up playing better than I think a lot of people thought he would in Chris McClellan. What are your expectations for him this season? So before I get into Chris McClellan in general, I kind of want to talk about a little bit about the defensive line, just in how they're going to use the interior. It's going to be a rotational front because they have more pieces than they did last year. Obviously, Jalen Lee was a bit of a, um, how do I say this without being, he was a disappointment. Okay. I, I, I hate to just call out players like that, but he was a disappointment for what Florida wanted him to do last season. And because of that, teams torched the middle of the uh, middle of the front early in the year until, you know, they started working um, different guys into that, into that middle. But this year they have four different dudes that can really rotate into the middle. You have Cam Jackson, you have Caleb Banks, you have Chris McClellan, and then also you have big Des Watson. So you have all those pieces that are going to be in there and they're just going to, I have a feeling that is going to be a very interesting way in how they, um, split it up that some players might start at different times. Uh, you're going to see a bunch of different combinations in the middle, and you're just going to see a constant rotation of having fresh feet, fresh legs in that kind of uh, on that interior so that you can really anchor down on stopping what's coming up the middle. Cause Florida likes to run the football. And so they want to be able to also stop teams from running the football. They want to be able to be that team that can slow the clock really ground and pound and win in that facet. And if they can't stop other teams from doing what they want to do to them, it's not going to result in what they want it. You know, the, the victories, the successes, everything like that. So with that, I think Chris McClellan's going to be one of those rotational pieces. I have a feeling that it'll be Cam, uh, Cam Jackson and Caleb Banks being those two starters um, at, at the peak of the season may not be week one, but those two are going to be the two that emerge uh, this season with both of them having, you know, some experience and also just what I've heard from camp. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have Desmond Watson, who's going to play those short yarded situations. He's going to be that plug in the middle. And then Chris McClellan, he can really do everything. He can play three tech. He can play nose tackle. He can do what you want him to do. So he can play with any of those pieces. It's not like he's limited to the nose tackle position like Desmond Watson is. So Desmond Watson's not going to play with a, you know, uh, another nose tackle unless they want to move that nose tackle to, to three tech. So it's just little things like that that are really going to help Chris McClellan get on the field is that versatility in the front. And then you just look at what he did last season. Can he build off that, which I believe he can. Um, he's, it's going to be more of a quality over quantity type season for him in terms of reps, but it's really going to set him up to be a very important asset to this Florida team as they're going to have this kind of platoon system of all right we're taking two you know high caliber defense linemen out of the game here come two more and that's going to happen throughout the season you're going to see all four of those pieces really produce for florida in 2023 under this new aggressive austin armstrong defense yeah um you said 
Des Watson's only going to play the nose. I don't, you don't want to see him at Jack. You don't, you don't think he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, he'll get some stunts off the edge uh, here, uh, you know, going into this season. You'll see him <laughs> rushing the pass. Nah, that would be, that would be some fun, fun, some fun defense though. If you just line up all four of them on the, on the team's line, just, all right, let's run it. <laughs> yeah. Just line up all four. You, you could, Chris McLellan played a little bit of the five last year. Just let him yep. do that and, and just figure that out. But yeah. um, I think, I think Caleb Banks could play, he could play five, three and nose. Um, and I, and I think Cam Jackson could as well. I, they're going to be relatively limited in that aspect because uh, Gerv was the five last year. And I don't think any of them have like the, the Gerv skill set um, to be able to do that. But I do think that it's going to be some, some fun defense in terms of how they mix and match things. And who knows, you could see three of them on the field at once have Caleb at the five cam at the three and Desmond Watson or Chris McClellan at the nose. Um, just, you know, maybe in a pass rushing situation, you have Chris McClellan there. And then you're just getting after the passer with those three. Um, that's a pretty daunting front. It's it just in terms of what we expect from those three uh, going into 2023. Yeah, um, I feel like we, we've kind of. I, I like to do like the defensive linemen, just like what fun packages could it be. And it's like I'm imagining, you know, Dez at like the zero, just head up with the yep. center, and then yep. two three techs, and have it be like Chris McLellan and Cam Jackson, just like. Good, good luck trying to gain a single <laughs> yard against them. Just, yeah, just yeah. throwing that one out there, Austin. Just that'll that'll be that goal line short yarded situation. You know, it's fourth and one, and you need a you need an inch, and they throw out that in the middle, and you know you're gonna have to find a new. You're gonna have to run a, some sort of outside zone on that play or whatever, because it's it's not gonna work going up front head to head with those three monsters up front. So yeah, it's like the um. 2019 i think the, yeah. the georgia goal line stand 2018 2018 jabari's yeah. making plays doing um it, it was fantastic to see um, yep. one of the things that we talk about a lot with this defense is just like how aggressive it's going to be and how that's going to help linebackers like shamar james like scooby williams Derek wingo uh pretty much everybody but like it's often kind of overlooked with what all of that mess just does for the interior defensive line, creating more one-on-ones. So is it fair to expect like, all right, like there should be more, we'll say pushing of the pocket this year with more one-on-one opportunities. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think a lot of that comes from the interior defensive line um, just because it's not only the aggressiveness of the defense because they are going to have to be prepared for pressures, simulated pressures, blitzes, things like that. But you're also going to have, like we've been talking about, you're going to have the, the four really the four horsemen on the interior defensive line uh, heading it up. So you, you're not going to double team or triple team Cameron Jackson or when Desmond Watson's next to him. You're not going to do that with Desmond Watson when Caleb Banks is next to him. It's it's good. You're going to have to pick your poison really. And that's going to leave a lot of guys from that interior um, that re- they've really flipped from last season in, in terms of not having anyone to now having a lot of guys, a lot of dudes are now on that front. And because of that teams are going to have to pick their poison and that can result in, you know, just creating that interior pressure, which caves the pocket forces quarterbacks to move off their spot which in turn plays right into the hand of Austin Armstrong. He wants to play that, you know, he wants to press on the outsides, simulate pressures, throw four at them, but you know, he's going to drop an edge into coverage. He's going to bring a cornerback and then there goes, you know, just 
uh, Prince Liam on Miel and his dropping back into a zone. It's just going to be little things like that that you're going to see from this team that ha- you haven't seen um, really uh, in, as of late that could very well just create a full 180 for this defense in this this season. I, I'm not saying they're going to be elite. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, the, the mid-2010s defense under Will Muschamp, but it's going to be, in that scenario, much, much better than it has been since – 2020 when the defense kind of fell off a cliff um, in, in just the grand scheme of things from what they were doing in the first two years of the Dan Mullen regime under Todd Grantham. Yeah, uh, you heard it here first. Brendan Carroll said that this defense this year is going to be the best defense we've ever seen in Gainesville. <laughs> um, so so high uh, high expectations there. Uh, we, we can't we can't have me going on record to say that. Uh, I. <laughs> It, I it, I in no way believe that. Um, just to, just throw that out there. I do think that we're gonna see some. It's gonna be much more fun to watch if that makes any sense. You're gonna have lower scoring games. You're gonna have defense that really just attacks the football, which is what every team wants. It doesn't. If you know, you can be Georgia and you're like. Yeah, this zero points per game is pretty fun, but can we get an interception every now and then? Which they do. They attack the ball better than any team in the nation. But it's always a want. You always want interceptions. You always want fumbles. You always want turnovers, et cetera. So if you're able to get that, that's what makes for fun defense. And Florida might allow 20 points per game, but I have a feeling that they're going to be able to get those five sacks and those two turnovers uh, pretty consistently, which in turn helps them perform in a way that you know might elicit some more success in 2023, even though I do think there will be a fair share of successes and failures for this Gators team as a whole um, this upcoming season. One of the biggest uh, areas of concern for most Florida Gators fans on the defensive side of the ball this year is that safety room where, you know, you lost both your starters, which, you know, will. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. The two slowest safeties, the NFL combine this year in trading Rashad Torrance and, We'll see what happens with them, but uh, you, you do have to make that replacement now. If you're Corey Raymond or Austin Armstrong at this point in time, who are your starting safeties going into the year? Yeah, this safety group is going to be what really makes or breaks this defense if it's able to make that ascension back up to what you know Florida defenses are expected to be. And as of right now, if I was either one of them, I'd start RJ Moten and Miguel Mitchell. And I know that's not necessarily the the fan favorite. Um, obviously, Kamari Wilson's still going to get a ton of burn. He's going to play a lot. But because of what we're looking at in terms of how this defense wants to play, you want the veteran in R.J. Moten. And then the guy that really shine, outshined uh, Kamari Wilson last season in Miguel Mitchell. Uh, he looked as if he was, you know, that player that could perform in a way that not only aids – the secondary, but aids the entire team in general. He was uh, stout as a coming down against the run. He could play in coverage uh, to an extent. Uh, obviously, you don't have that one high safety, at least proven on the team right now. So there's going to be some concern there, a lot of box safeties um, in general. So you'll have those pieces, and Kamari Wilson can be that main piece in the box when he does see the field. But you're going to have a rotation there, similar to how you're going to have a rotation on the interior defensive line. Um, but it's not going to be the rotation that is 
you know, in, in a similar regard where it's like, oh, we have a new guy coming in and it, it's going to be just no drop off in production. It's more so going to be, all right, we just need to keep these guys fresh so we can limit their mistakes. And that's not a knock on any of them. That's just a reality of where this program is at the point where you don't have that variety of skill sets. You have a lot of guys who are very similar, which is not going to be conducive for success in that area. So with those pieces, you'll have RJ Moten, you'll have Miguel Mitchell, you have Kamari Wilson, and then you're going to have one of the two freshmen. I think Jordan Castell was the one that will play early in the year, but Bryce Thornton can be that single high coverage guy as he grows into just his body and also into the defense uh, in this upcoming season. Obviously, he was a three-star uh, coming out of high school, but he's still, in my opinion, he was better than a three-star. It was just the height that got him the knocks uh, you know, in the in the composite rankings. So just little things like that is going to be huge for Florida. So I think you could honestly see a five-deep safety rotation from the Gators with Moten and Mitchell starting in week one at Utah. Yeah, um, I'm glad that you picked Moten and Mitchell because that's who I've been sitting here since Moten uh, committed to Florida where I've just been like, it's those two and all my followers yeah. and listeners are dummy. Like, so I'm yeah, they didn't bring in uh, – they didn't bring in Moten to to ride the bench. They brought him in because they think he can be an immediate, you know, c- contributor to this defense. And so, as a result, you're going to see that from them early on in the season. That doesn't mean Kamari Wilson can't work his way into a starting spot. If anything, you want him to work his way into a starting spot. You want him to work his way into really making a case for being able to take Moten's position. But with Moten's experience in a college football playoff contenders defense, obviously he had his ups and downs there. He had times where he was playing and times where they were electing to go with other pieces. But you can't ignore that when the reason they went out looking for a safety was because they didn't have experience in the room. They didn't, they needed a veteran. So you're not going to go get the veteran and then be like, nah, we're just going to start the two, you know, soft rising sophomores as we were already going to do before we even went out and wasted a scholarship on this guy. And it's not a waste if you use him in that if you use him as a starter, but it would have been if they just continued with what they were already going to be doing without him. So it's just little things like that that you have to factor into. How are you going to start? How are you going to you know kind of plug these pieces into this defense? And right now it's Moten and Mitchell, kind of they you know uh, uh, above all um, for this coming year. So. I'm interested to see how it works, but I do think we're going to see a lot of different pieces, a lot of different guys kind of perform back there this year. Yeah, uh, with Moten, you know, he, he came from Michigan. You mentioned he's got the playoff experience. So on top of just experience on a winning team at, at a, a blue blood program, we'll say, the defenses that he played in were Jesse Minter, and Mike McDonald, and both of those are are kind of similar to Austin Armstrong, just in the on the back end purely in the sense of playing that cover three quarter style. How much of that do you think really went into going? Okay, like that's our guy that we want to be our our new safety. I think that was huge in going into it because experience isn't only just how much have you played; it's how much have you played in the system that we want to run. And so, just having that background knowledge to step in and not have to start from ground zero. You kind of have a back, you know, background information. Now you just got to learn lingo. You have to learn, you know, cadence and how they want to really run the defense. So now you're going to have Moten who's there and kind of be that quarterback of the, of the secondary. Um, Obviously you have like the Jason Marshall who's going to be a part of that as well. So you have the pieces that you need back there to kind of 
communicate. And that's something we've seen from this Florida team that's been lacking. We've been, you know, seeing that there's not a lot of communication between the secondary and the linebackers and the defensive line. And that's resulted in some of the busts, uh, you know, last year, that was one of the biggest reasons why Florida's defense wasn't, you didn't, you know, didn't take that step. Everyone expected them to take when Todd Grantham was no longer at the helm calling plays. So it's just little things like that, that they might seem minuscule. They might seem like, Oh, it doesn't matter if you don't have the talent. Sure. But when you do have the talent, when you do have at least some of the talent out on the field, you have to have that communication or it's not going to produce in the way that, you know, you want it to, or, you know, you need it to, uh, to kind of, kind of hold those teams from scoring points or just gaining yards in general. So uh, little things like that, having Moten, having that background knowledge of the defense of what they want to run and coverage is huge for why they targeted him and why they brought him into the university of Florida. Yeah. Um, as far as the communication goes after the season, I spoke to someone uh, on the staff and I was like, Hey, this play against Tennessee and it was, yeah. it was the play deep down the left sideline where everybody knows they just watched the dude go. Uh, yeah. And I was like, was this a miscommunication on this player? And the response I got was he should have just covered the F in the slot. Uh, and, and so that it was clearly just, everybody was so happy with how the defense went last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Hopefully communication is a bit, bit more stressed this year but thank you yeah, so yeah. much brandon uh this is brandon carroll with all gators catch him every friday on locked on gators thanks for making locked on gators your first listen of the day every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast we'll be back monday or this weekend if there's a commitment and i'm home to go live for it but for locked on gators i'm brandon olson don't forget to follow me on twitter at wns underscore brandon find all my written work with whole nine sports giants country nfl 33 and i will see you all tomorrow